Frozen, the newest hit musical from Disney on Broadway, is celebrating one year on Broadway with sensational special effects. Oh, my God, y'all, the special effects, (laughs) stunning sets and costumes and powerhouse performances. It's a Broadway experience like no other. There's twice as many songs as the award winning film. And for the first time ever, Olaf is played by a woman, actress Ryan Redmond. One of the good Ryans. Yes. So let me tell you all about Frozen. I had so much fun. <laughs> I told you, you about the special. Fun than Noah. I you would have thought I was a child. <laughs> I was sitting in there and I was like, yes, the special effects are wonderful. We sang all of the songs. The theater was great. I really, we just had an amazing time. Like, and I think I ended up loving Frozen even more because of the musical. So visit frozenthemusical.com slash podcast for a special offer and get your tickets today. Just when you let me with a broken heart I was feeling the pain The pain, the pain The saddest day of my life Just when you let me with a broken heart I was going insane Yeah Try to erase all the memories <laughs> Jesus Christ They're the ones that haunt me if I could forget oh all about the past, how long will this go on? <laughs> well, okay. I love me a reggae. Praise the Lord, niggas. Praise the Lord, niggas. Uh, welcome back to Getting Grown with Jade and Kia. I'm Kia. I'm Jid. <laughs> and uh, uh, we are here to talk about the scam that is adulting. The, the S, good, the, the C, bad. the A's, the F's. Oh my God. <laughs> the what did you say? The S, the C's, the A's, the M's. Absolutely. The S, the C's, the A's, the M's, the good, the bad, the ugly, the tests, the trials, the twists, the turns, the temptations, and the taxes. Mm. If you've not filed your extension by now, it would behoove you to get upon that. Yeah, um, I'll be doing that today. Yes, man. You got to get that done. Um, yeah, of being an adult in the in the year of our Lord, 2019. Mm. What it do? Oh, you know, just... Uh, you know, getting back into the groove of things. Just came back from LA. LA. LA from the yes, team indeed. typing fast and taking care brunch. It was awesome. A woman of color and community brunch. Yes. Los Angeles. Mm. We had a beautiful time there in downtown LA. It was gorgeous. Uh, myself, uh, Sarah Jakes Roberts, Dr. Anita Phillips, mm. Jade. Crystal Jean and about 110 black women. Ooh, beautiful ones. Beautiful, Man, beautiful, beautiful black women. Put on their women. finest fashion Nova to come and kick it with your girl. Y'all made me put on some heels. Like, I was Listen, like, oh, we're in LA. Like, I know these big bitches girl are going to have on heels. You always yes, have on indeed. big girl shoes, but I don't. So, <laughs> me, <laughs> me and Chris. You know me and Crystal were inebriated most of the time. Absolutely. And um, shout out 
to the lady who let me hold her baby like Candace. Candace, 85% That's of the event. Candace. She actually <laughs> texted me and said, tell Jade <laughs> that I said thank you so much. Sloan had the time of her life. Sloan is my, you know, that's my homie, right? Sloan is like the happiest child Yo. I've ever seen in my life. Y'all, I held this, I think she's, how long, eight months? Yeah. She's eight months, the happiest baby. Let me tell you, I it mean, was just, just gleeful and giggling. with bliss. <laughs> I loved her. And I know, you know, you, she, I see her mother there. She's got the, the baby carrier on and the stroller and all kinds of carrying on. I was like, go and have yourself a drink and like relax. And I'll just hold the baby for a while. So I think I ended up taking her from um, Sophia, but I definitely, me and Sloan, we had a good time. But me and Crystal, were, when we went, we went downstairs for a second, we were walking back and we were like, one day we're going to be real girls like Kia. Oh my <laughs> we God. Were the pills. We were like, but not today, bitch. I can't wait to take these shits off. Everyone looked amazing. We had an awesome time. Shout out to everybody who came. Shout out to everyone who couldn't come, but say encouraging mm-hmm. words, DMs, uh, tweets, uh, Instagram comments, everything, yo. Y'all, y'all really showed up and showed out. We had an awesome time, yo. LA, you don't owe me nothing. I really enjoyed it. Shout out to everyone, but especially my panelists, Sarah Jakes, yes. Roberts, and Anita Phillips are brilliant women. And we really, I mean, the the discussion yeah. was just awesome. Like there was so many gems, so much transparency, so much truth. It was just dope. It was, it was really amazing. And I'm, I'm honored to be able to kind of create those spaces because that's really what I feel like a part of my work is mm-hmm. right. There's just not a lot of space for um, black women or they tell us that we have to exist in certain kinds of ways. Um, but I want to just create a space where we can just be, and, um, and it's just, it's just a blessing to be able to do that, to get what we need, to say what our, our fears and limitations and, and challenges are and to get empowered and mm-hmm. to be amongst women that, that say like, yeah, that, that's, that happened to me too, but I survived it. And so can you, and this is what we've learned now. Let's, let's go be great. And um, look and at just, them after they've survived their turmoils and their trials and their tribulations. Exactly, Cause exactly. those are some beautiful women. I mean, it just speaks to our resilience mm-hmm. um, and what happens when we come together and share our stories. Absolutely. Versus, you know, operating um, in these these isolated places of insecurity where we feel like we have to compete and compare. Uh, when I think we are designed like something about us, something innately mm. Um and there's, there's just something natural about a black woman and her capacity to encourage her sister. Mm-hmm. If you think about it, a black woman, most black women by nature are coaches. Mm-hmm. We, we can, we see strangers on the street. Natural mammy titties. You know what I'm saying? Like it just <laughs> like, comes out of us. It is. And that kind of support, I don't think it's an accident. Like I was saying no. at the brunch, like literally you see it like, I'll be walking down the street. I come, hey, polka dots. Yeah. All right. Yeah. You're dressed up. That's a you know shoe. Like, that's, okay. that's a shoe. You're like, let me tell you. Let me tell you what, sis. Let me tell you what. You giving them jeans the business. Yeah. Like, you know, like, you just, <laughs> we're like, girl, that hair. Like, 
Okay, like, you push like through, it, push past. <laughs> Something about that, um, you know, like and, and some some sort of magical power that mm-hmm. that that happens when you get that kind of support, and we do it to our sons and our and our little brothers and our and our cousins, and we but for whatever reason, you know what I'm saying, it just comes out, you know, like, like oh, you got a fresh right? shape up, look at the fresh exactly, shape up. like it just it just <laughs> happens, but I think that. I just I really wish that we can just get into a, a practice of doing that to each other and and recognizing that it does not like me saying that you wearing the hell out of that skirt doesn't mean that I don't I look any less fabulous that I can't wear the hell right. out of mine, too. Exactly. And I mean, that's we talking about like just surface superficial things, but that goes for anything mm-hmm. like that goes in, in workspaces and in, in school spaces like my like Candace, like Sloan's mom, like Candace and I were in the same doctoral program mm. and I take Candace's work just as seriously as I take my own. So when Candace sent me her chapter five, I'm reading it like, oh, no, no, we're not going to be out here sounding like anything. Right. So, and I expect her to do the same for me. Right. So that's what Teen Typing Fast is all about. We want to create spaces, both digital and in person, where women can, you know, have we have an infrastructure of of community accountability and support and we build each other up because our super our superpowers are activated when we come together and Ooh. and support each other they're activated in community mm. they're not stifled but they actually multiply so i'm just i'm just it's just dope um that i have the opportunity to do this work and i'm grateful to everyone who helps me do it to my leadership team um to to you, sis, to all of our sponsors and partners who helped to make it happen. I am forever in your debt. And Teen Typhoon Fast, we're living, we're learning, we're growing through the through the hiccups and the bumps and the kinks and everything not going as planned through mm. all of that. We're learning and we're going to continue to to bring these kinds of events um, to, you know, as, as many places as we can. Um, so, yeah. That's enough of that, though. I don't want to. I don't want to beat y'all over the head or about LA. It was an but. amazing event, and you deserve <laughs> to talk about it. And shout out to all of the bad broads, all yeah, the man. smart bad broads in the place. I, you, you know, you guys are wonderful, and it's an inspiration and to be around. Can so you many just beautiful tell the people? Women. I'm sorry, I'm cutting you mm-hmm, off. Can fine. you tell the people that? Um, there were like the I, what what blessed me was the range of women in the room. So there were mm-hmm. biology PhDs mm-hmm. sitting next to stand up comedians yep. and and makeup artists who were sitting next to lawyers and judges. It was a diaspora. And, I mean, it was, I mean, because it's really, and, and what's the beauty of it is we all sitting around the tables and nodding our heads about the same Wait, thing. Wait, there were judges so in there? Yeah. Wow. Uh, there was at least one. <laughs> there was at least one. But, you know, I mean, I'm, we're talking about millionaires, moguls sitting next to graduate mm-hmm. students who got $12 in the bank. So I think I think what what is so dope about that is that, you know, it's not It's what I've been trying to say the whole time. I'm an academic. But Team Type and Fast is not just a for academics because I can stand to learn a lot from a stay at home mom. 
<laughs> and I, I and I would hope that she could learn a lot from me. Yeah. The fact that we do different things from nine to five or whatever our work hours might be has no bearing on the fact that we we both have or all of us have much to offer. Or that all no of hierarchy. us haven't built an, uh, haven't haven't been in a place or in a situation where we've dealt with hardships just being black women. So it's not necessarily a place for us to cry about being black women, but it is. But Kia has created a space for us to empower one another, no matter what fields we're in, no matter what our different paths may be. We all have a lot of the same underlying and foundational stresses and issues and, and, and things that come with us from society. So I love being able to go and be fed every single event. And I'm excited to look for I'm looking forward to more of them. We would love to have them. We we're definitely going to have another one here in DC this year, but I mean, there are other cities that are on the table and I, I would love to make that happen. Um, so if you want to be a part, if you want to help to make that happen, we couldn't do it without our sponsors there in L.A. or partners there in L.A. who helped to facilitate it. So if that's something that you're interested in, you would like to bring it to your city, send an email to teamtypingfast at gmail.com and we can get the conversation started um, and just, you know, see what's what's out there, you know. Hopefully we can continue to keep the party going, man. And um, teentypingfast.com is definitely a, a huge piece of the puzzle. Yeah. And that's going to be coming to life super soon as well. So, you know, keep it locked. We, 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 we are, we're up to some things over here, honey. We're working. Keep it locked. You heard it here first. <laughs> so, <laughs> speaking of which, we got trash to get into. So let's get oh, into it. Oh, boy. I knew it was coming. I knew it was. So I'll start this off on a different note and I'll end it. Cardi B and Offset have bought half a street in Jonesboro, Georgia, which I guess is right outside of Atlanta mm-hmm. for $201,000. A piece. E, a whole total. All five houses for five $200,000. homes and a plot of land for $200,000. You know, that cost of living thing is real. Let okay, me tell because- you something. <laughs> I can't get half a house in in DC for two hundred thousand dollars. I can't you buy can get an five apartment. houses in Georgia. Five. They bought a half of a street. They said five. Are they going to do some of sort of, of like uh, love it or list it for the hood or something? What is this happening? <laughs> is there like a TLC show in the making? Love it in this side. Love it or it's It's They. So I guess they want to get into investments, but it's unclear as to whether or not they're trying to build a giant compound because there are people living in those homes. So it's unclear oh, whether no. they're buying them as investment property properties and they plan to revamp them and allow the people to continue to live in the homes if they're going to tear them all down and build a giant mansion or what they're going to do i hope that's not what happens because i hope that they're not like you know gentrifiers i'm like we can't be gentrifying on each other now y'all like that's too much so i don't know what the plans are but i know that they bought that for pennies that is pennies, that literally. Is pennies. Copper coins, you your, hear me? Your girl is was not ready for that when I read it. So I was like, wait, so $200,000 a piece? Okay, and they're yeah, like, man. no, $201,000 total. Five homes and a plot of land. Um, Speaking of gentrification. <laughs> oh, boy. It's running rampant uh, everywhere, which we know. True. But apparently um, some gentrifiers in Washington, D.C., yeah, man, right up the street. 
Right up the street. Complained on the T-Mobile store that plays go-go music on the street and apparently has been in the hood for, or whatever that that store particular store has been in there for 25 years. Has T-Mobile even mm-hmm. been around for 25 years? I mean, I'm 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 thinking that it was definitely had to be something before it was Maybe a T-Mobile was store. I don't know. Metro PCS, I'm not sure. But um, singular. <laughs> but anyway... They so they've been there for 25 years and have been like a heartbeat of the hood and they play their music and nobody complains about it. Well, some ginger fires moved in and they complained about a thudding oh. noise, which happened to be go go <laughs> music. Come on, pots and pans, right? They're gonna fry you up, they're gonna fry you up for that. That's not me. I want y'all to know it wasn't me. Beat your feet. Beat your feet. Oh my God. Um, But I like uh, some of the quotes that I read. Somebody on Twitter said, you can take the block, but you can't take the culture because there was a protest in D.C. The Saints came out (laughs) in droves. In video. (laughs) I mean, they carried on for a little while down there. That sounds like my kind of trolling. Listen, so you can take the block, but you can't take the culture and don't. And I'm irritated by that. And if there's anybody who is not a person of color and listens to this show, hopefully you are an ally. I'm going to assume so because you listen to this, especially because we start this shit with praise the Lord niggas every week. (laughs) But you can't say it, but you can tune in. Um, I'm going to say that even if you don't mean to, when you move into a neighborhood, where you are the minority, you are a guest in that neighborhood. And so therefore you need to be respectful of the residents who have who have been dwelling there for however long they've been there. But they were there before you were. So we need to be respectful of the neighborhoods that we move in. And and like don't be trying to bring your don't be trying to bring your angel food over here. Like nobody wants your unseasoned pound cake. Gross. Um San Francisco wants to close its juvenile detention center in 2021 and create alternatives to incarceration. Okay. So they want to close the juvenile detention center and basically um, redirect the, the, the youth um, who are in, in the center to other alternatives. So they want to create alternatives, other programs in order to help these youth um, help the youth to not go down a, a pipeline, which I think is absolutely dope. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that's not Agreed. something that we see often. And so I really hope that they're able to make that happen. I think that would be absolutely amazing. And we need some good, we need some good in this world. Uh Jackie Harry. <laughs> <laughs> Sandra Claus. Sandra, Sandra Mary. Jackie said one of the craziest things to ever happen to her was that Eartha Kitt slapped her. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why that sent me out of here I like that. It sent me because she thought she was sleeping with her man. Jack A also continues to say, <laughs> I was, but I didn't know he was <laughs> taken. <laughs> She was like, true, but wait. She's like, <laughs> let's be clear. I did. But I, mean, I ain't know the nigga I had did, somebody. But I didn't. <laughs> okay. But apparently Eartha Kiss slapped Jackie. I slapped Sandra. And I 
died when I read that. Like head thrown black back, Earth the Kiss style, actually. Like bust <laughs> back. Yes. <laughs> bust bust down. Tatiana laughing Ooh, in her face. I was like, Jackie, darling. I'm not wedding any bunties. Oh. <laughs> Marcus. Marcus, darling. Um, Prince Harry and Oprah are teaming up to do a docu-series about mental health, actually. Oh, that's dope. So I think that's absolutely amazing. And I can't wait to see what comes of that. Uh, and then lastly, I saved this for last because, um, you know, I know that it's been it's we spoke about it last week and. You know, it just continues to sit very heavy on so many of our hearts and on our minds. Um, I have constantly and I know so many of you as well. I have just constantly had uh, Nipsey Hussle and his family and his friends um, in our thoughts and in our hearts. And so his funeral is actually his memorial service will be held today at the Staples Center. Um it's going to be it's going to be on BT. Yeah, it's going to be on BET at one o'clock Eastern Standard I hope it's Time. It's going to be on BT.com. So I'm going to have my second screen at work popping. Um, mine is <laughs> going to be on. I don't know how I'm going to do with it, but I'm it's going to be on. You know, I've been really encouraged by, um, you know, words from his mother and his grandmother. <clears throat> And I even read a quote from Lauren and I'm, you know, it's not, I I don't know how it's, it was through the LA times where she said, you know, she is grieving, but she's going to hold her head high for her King and continue to do so. And, Oh yes, girl. You know, I knew she's, she's a mother, like she's a, she's a mother, like she's a good mother for them babies. You know what I'm saying? And she protects the hell out of them. And so I know that she's going to press forward and do what she needs to do for her kids, but I still constantly have her and the kids and um, the other child's his daughter's mother and his brother and his sister and his parents and all of his family and his close loved ones in my prayers, because I know a lot of us as strangers are grieving very heavily right now. And absolutely. If we're grieving this way as people who, who only know, know of his legacy and know you know are fans of his music or some are are, i'm finding so many people are not fans of his or weren't fans they didn't even know his music but they've just been so impacted by the legacy that he's left behind and and the person that he was and so um you know i will be tuned in i don't know how well i'm gonna do but let's all just try to you know encourage each other and hold each other up and really take this as an opportunity to do better man like just to really like put put our you know put some action behind what we say and and take some steps forward to try to come together as a community um shout out to the to the gang members the bloods and the crips and la Absolutely. 15,000 who gathered to march together in solidarity and in nipsey's name such a beautiful beautiful movement um and i'm just i'm really as as much as i'm mourning i am so happy to see it's just it's it is refreshing to see the type of person that he was how it's bringing people together and although it's coming together out of a moment of complete heartbreak and heartache um and a lack of humanity and something that was so unnecessary it's beautiful to see um it's beautiful to see what it's doing to people and how it's really like motivating them to want to do more and continue what he was doing. So 
I just want to, I'm, I'm continuing, like I'm continuing to mourn. And so I'm going to continue to talk about it as I mourn, but I just wanted to put that there. And then in relation to that, I wasn't even going to add it, but it's just so disrespectful. Kodak Black, Kodak Black had some really like disrespectful things to say. Um, and I'm not even going to, I'm not even going to justify by repeating them. Um, but I would and I will say that a lot, you know, a lot of uh, rappers have come to the defense of Lauren London. Um, and I know there's been a lot of think pieces and a lot of a lot of comments about, you know, the reasoning behind why people are speaking out. But regardless, I think he's a disgusting human being. And I'm glad that he's getting his little ass handed to him. And while I'm not a huge fan of cancel culture, because I just think that that doesn't allow people to be human at all and ever make a mistake. Cancel this little nigga, like get him out of here because he deserves like stomp this. He's a roach. I know I said soldier boy is a roach, but he's really a roach. Get him out of here. So that's that. That's the trash this week. We can move on to the shout out. <sighs> Rest easy, Nip. Rest easy. My sister's popping right now. Lala. All right, Dan, it's time to shout out the sisters. Hola. Um, hola. Hermanas. Hermanas. I would like to shout out uh, our swag bag sponsors from the brunch. Mm. We had the most darling swag bags that are just filled with all manner of tr- goodies and treats. Um, I want to shout out Camille Rose Naturals hair products for blessing our swag bags with both the aloe whipped butter gel mm. and the sweet ginger cleansing rinse. Mm. Everybody walking around just smelling like amazing. I had the opportunity to um, have a chit chat with um, Janelle, who is, I think, the CEO of Camille Rose. And she's really dope and awesome. And she agreed to um, bless our uh uh, event participants, event attendees with some amazing Camille Rose swag. So shout out to her and you guys make sure that you guys support Camille Rose. It's an awesome um, hair care brand for us natural girls and gals and guys and whosoever has natural hair. Mm-hmm. I also want to shout out Love Her Apothecary for blessing the swag bags with bath salts, individual bath salts for every attendee. And there, um, so I'll be sure to include the websites for each of these so you can check it out. But um, Love Her is um, a brand that is run by one of my colleagues, uh, Ariel. And Ariel um, has served as a, a, a sponsor for Team Typing Fast before. So shout out to you, Ariel. Thanks for your support. Y'all go make sure you go check out um, Love Her Apothecary and get your bath salts and all manner of amazing things. I need some um, of that. Yes, her apothecary also um, um, based here in D.C. Um, put a whipped facial scrub um, in every swag, ba- swag bag. Mm. And I actually used it uh, this morning just kind of get some exfoliation in. Um, it's called Think Pink and it smells like pink lemonade. Girl, it is everything. You will not be sorry. Won't. Um, check it out actually and I will put uh, the again the contact information so you guys can check it out and finally Amber of MyTShop.com uh, sent some customized uh, team typing fast buttons that say make them pages clap y'all know I love a button <laughs> uh, so y'all be sure to head over to MyTShop.com black owned and operated all of our swag bag sponsors uh, feature brands that are owned and operated by black women because that's just how we get down I want to thank our event sponsors I also want to thank Zen in a Jar for Vin 
trending on site. Um, and we had uh, Sierra Lynn, who is an artist um, who did uh, live painting at the event. And she made a custom original and we were able to gift it to one of our attendees. So it was dope, dope, dope. And I just want to shout out all of my all of my sponsors who helped to make it happen. And I want to shout out Molly, who is the um, our host at the Naval Coworking Space. Oh, my gosh. Molly, she's amazing. Molly is just amazing. Molly was really, I mean, just above and beyond. She went above and beyond to make sure that we had everything Dude. we needed all day long. So I don't know if she'll ever hear this, but Molly, girl, you is one of Buses, okay. Are. We we listen. We right here, sis. So shout out to Naval. If you have, if you're ever in the downtown LA area, you need an awesome event space. Y'all be sure to check out the Naval LA. It's right over there on South Hope Street. Um, yeah, I think that's all I got for shout outs. Well, then we can move on to the kitchen table talk. Then, Ole, do, do it. it. <laughs> <laughs> Zebit believes that everyone deserves access to lifelong interest-free credit. With Zebit, you have the power to buy what you need and pay over time interest-free. Zebit provides a better zero-interest credit option for all members, no matter your credit score. With Zebit, there's zero cost to join, zero membership fees, and zero late fees. Your Zebit account is not determined by your credit score, and your Zebit account does not impact your credit score. Zebit has more than 50,000 products in their marketplace and with brand names like Xbox, Sony, Apple, GoPro, and Fitbit, all at competitive prices. From electronics to barbecues, furniture, and more, Zebit has everything you need for when you need it. Zebit has a five-star rating on Trustpilot, and they've earned the trust of hundreds of thousands of customers who shop on Zebit. Sign up for Zebit today at zebit.com slash grown and get $2,500 American dollars credit to the shop. Uh, to, to the shop, the Zebit marketplace at zero interest and zero cost to join. That's zebit.com slash grown for $2,500 of interest-free credit. Zebit.com slash grown. Big banking is, or should I say was, broken. They charge high fees and use our deposits to fund pipelines and oil drilling. And this greed leaves millions of Americans behind and destroys our planet. But it doesn't have to be this way. That's why lots of people are looking into Aspiration, a financial firm for those who want more money in their pocket and more power to do good. Featured in Forbes, the New York Times and Money Magazine, Aspiration offers a 2% annual percentage yield, zero ATM fees anywhere in the world, and the option to choose your own monthly fee, even if it's zero. Who would choose more? Plus, Aspiration commits 10% of their earnings to charities that help other Americans and offers extra cashback rewards for shopping at socially conscious businesses. Everyone deserves a financial firm that's fair, provides great products, and helps you make more money while making a difference. Put your money where your heart is, Download the Aspiration app to open an account, earn 2% annual interest, pay zero ATM fees, and save the planet while you're at it. So, um, I wanted to do, we wanted to do something kind of light for Kitchen Table Talk because, you know, it is, it was National Sibling Week, Sibling Day this week. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, my sis here, we all know that you know, that she has suffered a loss. And so I thought in in lieu of um, National Sibling Day, let's try to make it a little positive. And I thought it would be might be fun for us to tell a couple of stories 
of our favorite stories about our siblings and maybe be able Mm to. And I got that from when I I told you I spoke to my grandmother. I always try to call her right around when their anniversary was and check on her. And she told me one year she was like, you know, I feel good today. She was like, I'll put on a bunch of records that me and your granddaddy liked. And she was like, and I just talked to him and listened to our music and, you know, looked at pictures and just, you know, thought about our happy memories. And that's kind of what helped her to get through. And so I thought maybe it might be nice, especially with that and having, you know, had a hard time with that, that maybe we talk about some of our fun memories and we can just kind of remember, remember our siblings in a, in some of the, our, our favorite ways. I'm down. I'm down. I, I feel like I talk about Brian all the time and that's just, I just have to, because I don't know how not to. Um, me and Brian were only 18 months apart and we were close. Um, we just had like a connection, like oftentimes an unspoken connection. Seemed like we were often thinking the same thing all the time. So uh, today was a little tough. And I think, you know how like, I don't know, like I woke up feeling like, nah, and I didn't really know why. And then I remember that it was, mm-hmm. and I don't remember National <laughs> Siblings Day ever being a thing like when we were younger right. or anything like that. But, you know, it just gets to be, you know, when you see other people posting about their siblings on social media and what have you, it can sting a little bit. But I'm trying to combat that um, by, like you said, just remembering what, what, the the awesome the best of uh, mm-hmm. my relationship with my brother and I'm I, sometimes I, I I go in and out of talking about it in present and past tense because I still feel like even though Brian is not here in the natural we have a very active relationship mm-hmm. I hear him speaking to me often and it, it it's never even felt weird right but it's just kind of like he's he's still with me and that that gives me comfort so I don't know if we go back and forth but. Brian and I often, like, we share a love of music, um, like, since we were little kids. Mm-hmm. The music was just very much a part of our house, our, our, like, the culture of our family, our home. It was always music. And uh, both of us listen to music in the same way in that when the music is on and when we are enjoying it, it's very difficult to keep still. Mm. Right. Mm. <laughs> so it's like all the movement, all the bouncing, all the all anything like it's hard to keep still. We went to Catholic school when we were younger before my parents divorced. And uh, we went to Catholic school. And you know, I have like assemblies and services and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And um, we were singing a song. Like, you know, I had the classes sing a song and. I don't even remember what the song was, but Brian was like, I mean, uh, like, you know, all the other kids are standing like, you know, straight hands by their sides, singing a song. Brian is just in a full <laughs> jam. Like, I don't even remember what they were singing, you but he was just see like, it, but Kia is basically doing like, the I mean, uh, glory, jigging, glory dance like, from Sister fully, Act like shoulders <laughs> and just clapping and swaying. Like, and I think he realized, like he realized that the people like around him was um were not moving 
So they're singing a song and you see Brian like talking, like he's like talking. I don't know if he's encouraging him to move. But when he got back to his seat, I'm like, Brian, what you was, what happened? Like, what did you say? He was like, I was asking him what was wrong. I was like, y'all don't clap in y'all's church. Like, <laughs> y'all don't clap in y'all's church. I mean, we be clapping in church. Y'all don't clap in y'all's church. Like he was just, <laughs> oh God, we was at the math, in, in math, Catholic school mass, which is often very, you know, ritualist, ritual, you know, somber Ooh. and quiet and pious Not and dignified. <laughs> Not for me Not and for my brother. <laughs> Both of us are in a full jig, clapping and swam, giving Sister Act to the whole time. And Brian is asking the people, what, I mean, what? What's wrong? <laughs> y'all don't clap. Y'all don't clap in y'all church. We clap. We don't. You don't clap. Like, we got. I got all kinds of stories because we just we just did reckless things. Like just from young kids, we've just had the same personality. Like imagine, imagine seven year old Kia acting like me. <laughs> like Ooh. right now, Kia. Just mm. a, like, where? Who is this little person with all of this, all of this all mouth? This mouth. But <laughs> all of this mouth. Did y'all? I'm sure y'all didn't have fights though, because you had a we brother. We definitely boxed. No, but like, I'm sure y'all did. Like, all right, I'm gonna tell you the story. Mm-hmm. Let I have to preface this by giving you all a little background. So. My sister is three years younger than me. Her name is Paige. And Paige and I used to fight. Now, there were a lot of times where I didn't want to fight my sister because she's my little sister. But then there were times because she just had a mouth on her that was out of this world. And even my my mother would be like, one day your sister's going to punch you right in your mouth. So, (laughs) My God. But she was also a psycho. So (laughs) she took advantage of the fact that I didn't want to fight her all the time. And we got into a real bad one day and I knew like, so my mother, one day my, my father, my father always used to sit down and show us old movies. And I remember when he showed us the bad seed. And for those who have never seen the bad seed, it's about this little white girl named Rhoda who basically she's a psychopath and she kills people to get what she wants. And this is mm-hmm. like from like the fifties or the sixties or something. So Rhoda kills people to get what she wants and we watched the movie and at the end of it, my mother was like, oh, look, it's Paige. Oh, <laughs> so anytime because my sister had a personality that we only saw at home. So anytime that personality would come out, my mother would be like, Rhoda's coming out. <laughs> so <clears throat> it was one particular fight that we got in, excuse me. And my sister was one of those like, I'll see you later or you better watch right. when you sleep mm-hmm. or whatever. Guards were down. I ended up going to the bathroom. Something told me, like, lock the door. Oh, goodness. This little heifer picks the lock with a knife. Comes in. I'm peeing. Oh, no. Comes in the bathroom and knocks me over the knees with a wooden rolling pin. Over the (laughs) knees? There is nothing more vulnerable than your drawers being around your ankles. It's somebody, but like she Tanya Harding me in the bathroom. She did. That's exactly what happened. With a rolling pin. She totally did. She came for for your femurs. Like (laughs) she was like, next time, don't sleep. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) She was a psycho. Oh man, Paige. What is one of you all's most like monumental fights? Whew. Um, 
Man, if not, um, just give me one you remember. Yeah, I'm trying to think monumental. I think we fought a lot. Like, it was not like... um. I think when we were younger... <laughs> when we were younger, I think... Because uh, I was the oldest. Mm-hmm. And um, he... I think he was bothered by being like associated with me. <laughs> like he didn't want to be Kia's, Kia's brother. Mm. He was just like, so like, I just, I don't know. It, <laughs> <laughs> something silly. It was something dumb, yeah. right? But it was just like, we were arguing and started, but we had bunk beds. I remember we was like tussling and we ended, I ended up like falling into the bunk bed. Like, and he's like on top of me and I, I um <laughs> I like kicked and the ladder fell and it was like a big boom. So like everyone come running in there. And it's like we both we was fighting, but we were both got scared because it was like, we gonna get in trouble. So it became like a team. it became like we wasn't fighting. Like, it was like, we wasn't fighting. Like, just like, we was not fighting. It was an accident. <laughs> lying through our teeth. Always. Lying. Lying through our teeth. <laughs> But I remember we fought. I remember we just fought over the, the dumbest things, like who would get in the bathtub first on Thursday nights before like Cosby Show and a Different World came on. <laughs> and it was just like I hate it. It's like we always had the same fight every week. It was like you go first. No, I went first last week. No, like it was just like the dumbest <laughs> like, things, like, first the of most all, I don't ridiculous things. You, so I'll go ahead and go first. I mean, logically, that would have been my like. <laughs> right, like I don't know what I was thinking. A child. But I, I just I just remember like arguing over those dumb, 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 dumb things. Like, and I really for the longest time thought my brother hated my guts like, because he used to like not yes. lie, but he, it was like he didn't want to be Kia's sister. So he was just like, <laughs> I was like, well, he just don't claim me. So I just kind of like, <laughs> and then I remember, I remember it wasn't until it was, we were grown. It wasn't until after he passed that like people, his friends would like tell me, like about me, like like you know, like Brian was. I was like, oh, he really does. He banged with me. That's crazy. Because <laughs> I said, didn't oh, know. We all about you. Your brother, your brother was so proud of me. I'm like, he was. <laughs> That's fascinating. Because I sure didn't know. I had no idea. Like I guess you know, I, the same way that I was protective of him, he was protective of me. But we didn't know it, so it would be of like course. all my hot ass friends would be asking about my brother. I'd be like, you better. I will actually. I will actually. Pluck out your eyeballs if you go anywhere oh, I'm near so him. Glad I didn't have a brother, bruh. And I mean, it was so. I mean, the only times I really fought in high school was over that nigga. Like, like who said what? Like, <laughs> and the same ways that I was over him, I didn't realize until after we was grown. But he was about me. Like of his friends would be like, "My your brother said we could never even look you in the eyes. <laughs> we had to keep our eyes averted. We could not. Don't look at her in her face." You didn't even know this daddy was daddy This nigga was daddy in behind the scenes Absolutely absolutely Like nah I was a good big sister because I will fight for my sister For sure but I was also Terrible because of the troll in me so like Oh God. I remember I one time we were young, like we I think she was like seven. So I probably was ten. And I, I think she was she was riding a bike. And I remember her riding by and she had on ankle socks. Now my Aww. sister has always been very, very, very thin, right? She's always been very thin. She actually has a crazy body. But with a big butt. With though. a big old butt. So she's super <laughs> thin up top. And she also has always had like big legs, <clears throat> like beautiful legs, but big legs. <laughs> 
And this boy, before I could go after the penis, ass, oh my this boy Jesus. was like, she rode by. And he was like, how you, you, got, laughing. you got ankle socks on? You ain't got no ankles. Oh, that thing took you out. When I tell you that shit, to this day, to this day, to this day, <laughs> that shit takes me down. And I know I was a terrible sister for laughing. Now, I did go after him after that. But <laughs> I will never forget that. I don't even know if she remembers that. But I remember that boy shouting, how you got no ankle socks and you ain't got no ankles. But my sister did always have my back. I remember when this girl wanted to fight me. <clears throat> And I was, I was the more troubled one of the, of the siblings. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? I'm the one who got in the most trouble. She, for a long time, was a good kid. She was in the band. She had pigtails. Like, she was just a good girl. Right. And this girl wanted to fight me. And I was down. I was ready. That's why my mother tried to send me to school with a lime squeezer. But anyway, that's another story. <laughs> what? My mother gave me a lot of metal lime squeezer. Was like, put this in your back pocket. Put this in your back pocket because she knew the girl was gonna try to fight me. She's the next day. somebody. I was to like, death first of all, squeezer. mother, this is a weapon, and I'm gonna go to jail <laughs> if I use this because I'm gonna crush her skull. Take this back and put it in the drawer. <laughs> But what my sister did was she went down to the dumpster and collected a rack of like rocks and put them in and double bagged them in some store bags and put them in her backpack. And my mother realized her backpack was mad heavy and was like, why is your backpack so heavy? She had the bag of rocks because she was getting ready to knock that girl in the back of the knees. I know that's right. When we got to school on behalf of her big sister. There's nothing like that sibling bond when someone mm. it goes down. Mm. Like there is just something about the way that y'all show up for each other that is like unlike anything I've ever seen. Like even when if we were fighting or having a disagreement, when it came down mm-hmm. to it, I remember uh, a couple of things. Right. So the first one. Um, when we was young, me and Brian, neither one of us really, we don't, we didn't do the animals. We don't like pets. <laughs> We've talked about that before. Um, and there were these, the, you know, a lot of people in the neighborhood had dogs. And this house, like maybe three, four houses down from us, they dog, this was right, this was before they had like the invisible fence that would like snatch the dog back if the dog got loose. This was one of the dogs who was always trying to get out the door because he was going like take off running down the street. And we was walking from the bus stop one time. Brian had walked ahead of me. So uh, I'm walking up the street and I see Brian standing in the street and he got this look on his face and I'm just like, what's up? Like he like here. Don't look behind you. Just walk to me. And I'm like, what are you like? What are you talking about? Like he like just listen. Look at me. Don't look behind you. But hurry up. And I'm just like, I don't understand. Like, like I'm about to be Lot's wife out this. So point. at this point, right? Like, so at this point. <laughs> I'm like, everything within me has got to turn around. Right? I just don't know how Salt. I'm not supposed to turn around at this point. Salt. That's why I don't shade Lot's wife. You know what I'm saying? You know, it's like <laughs> somebody tell like, you don't what? turn around. That's literally the first thing that you're going to do. Just turn around. So I turn around, of course. I see the dog. The dog is not running behind me at that point. The dog is behind me, like standing, not like. What and it's not like right this? behind me. It's it's a golden retriever. Uh-oh. It's not like a it's not like a vicious pit bull. <laughs> I it was like a pit. 
or a no, certainly not. But I mean, it's a bigger dog. It's like it's like a. It's not a little itty bitty dog. It's not a. It's not a poodle. You said a golden it's not a chihuahua. It is a, it is a Let me tell dog. you something because those. But no, those small dogs are actually like they're, they're mini actually terrorists. Vicious, actually, absolutely. Yes. Because they got Napoleon complex yes. as a, as pets. Yes. But that's another Real conversation. Bitch bitches. So needless to say, I turn around, the dog, it gets hype, it starts running, I'm running, now Brian is running too, and we both, we run past the house of both of us, right? Looking like the Sandlot. And he's running, probably about 20 feet ahead of me and cussing me out. I told you not to run, I told you not to turn around, right? <laughs> I'm like, I'm so sorry, I'm just, I'm sorry, I don't know. It's just natural, it's natural. It wasn't until like, the, and then the man who owns the dog is running behind us, behind the dog, so the dog just think it's like Disney World, the dog is having the time of his life, like, whoo! We all played in the street, right? <laughs> Meanwhile, you know me, I'm weeping at this point. <laughs> Oh my god! <laughs> Trying to drive back to DC. Exactly, it's just so much. <laughs> but those kind of like the instincts of Brian trying to come around. He's still running, but he's still coaching me. Like, no, don't stop running. Like, just because <laughs> I'm getting tired, I'm crying. I'm ready to just let the dog eat me at this point. Like, oh my god, I can't take it. He sounds like my si- my sister was the younger sibling, but she always thought she was the older sibling. She was bossy. Oh, he thought he ran the whole world. I know he, I know he still, did. And he still tell me what to do to this. That's why I say I still talk to him. Man, I mean, I'm grateful because I feel like he's still looking out for me. But like, you know how you come in the house, especially me, I come in the house I, after work. It'd be like 930 at night because I'm ridiculous. And I'll be on the phone or doing something else and I'll leave my keys in the door. And I'll just be on the phone and I'll just be in the house doing whatever. And then I hear Brian's like, where your keys at? Somebody gonna come in here and chop your head off. Why don't you take your keys out the door? Like, I'm, just like, like, I'm so sorry. I'm sorry. Thank you, though. I appreciate you. Like, the I appreciate reminder. you. Cause I mean, I, I certainly was going to like not, like, I was about to go to bed. The keys were just gonna be in the door all night until you said something. So good looking up. There was one time where I had to, like, I mean, there was obviously many times where I had to look out for her. I was the older sister, but even all her bossiness. This girl pissed me off so bad one time. So it was, we had just gotten to the point where like I lived in my own spot. So of course she's the little sister. So she wants to come over to my apartment and spend the night and like go out. Right. <clears throat> so we just, we were going to go out and go see Talib Kweli at this club. Mm-hmm. So we go, we're having a good time. She's underage and gets sauced. Like, All right. Faced. Slid it on the goose. Woo. So bad to the point that I didn't even realize and she went to the bathroom. Now, this is my own mistake because at that time I should have walked her to the bathroom. After about like 10 minutes, I'm like, she's not back from the bathroom. Let me go look for my sister. I go back. There's nobody in the bathroom. At this point, the performance is over and the club is clearing out. And I am trying to find my sister and I cannot find her anywhere. Mm. It got so bad. I was... I've turned into a maniac because all I could think was my mother is going to absolutely kill me. This girl Certainly. has disappeared. She is underage. Like, what the fuck? Was she underage? She probably was just like eight, maybe 17, 18 years old. <clears throat> so it gets so bad. Like I'm running around like a psycho looking like the hormone monsters, just like screaming, <laughs> where's my sister? <laughs> like, I'm just like, <laughs> I'm like freaking out looking for my sister so bad. Talib is on the sidewalk. I'm running past. He's like, is everything okay? I was like, I lost my sister. <laughs> <laughs> I 
I will never forget. Is I like okay. You cussed out Talib Kweli. <laughs> I cussed out Talib Kweli, which probably later on somewhere in his life he deserved it. But anyway, <laughs> I would definitely turn it to the home. This heifer didn't pop up until six thirty in the morning. What was she doing? A friend. She was drunk and wandering. And a friend of hers found her, let her sleep it off. Her phone died, charged her phone up and then called me when they could. And they were like, I'm sure you are just you was probably ready to absolutely die. On top of the fact that we were supposed to drive, like go on a road trip the next morning. These are the foolish things that you do at like 18, 22 yeah, years old. Totally. So. <clears throat> but yes, that's that. I have so many stories with my sister. Like Man. I have so many stories. Same. My fa- I think my favorite story you've told of Brian so far, though, has Wait. to be the birthday cheddar biscuits. <laughs> <laughs> Reiterate it oh. one time for the people who might have missed loved, it. He just, my brother, one of his favorite things to do ever of all time was eat. <laughs> that nigga ate all the food, okay? Hello. All of it. Listen. And <clears throat> he was at a... Uh, Red Lobsters for his birthday, you know, for the seafood lover and you, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Shrimp lovers. That's, that, that's his kind of carrying on. He was always down for to go to Red Lobsters and get him some crab legs. That's all he wanted. So black. For it's so niggerish. I mean, the like literally through and through. And he went with his friends uh, to Red Lobster to get for his birthday. And you know how when it's your birthday, they usually bring you out some sort of dessert with a candle in it. <laughs> and uh, they sent it out there, and Brian was like, "I don't want that." <laughs> like, Not okay. Eat it. He was like, "Let me tell you what you do. Let me tell you what you do." It's like, <laughs> tell you what, let me tell you what. Let me tell you what I want you to do. I want you to get you some of them cheddar bay biscuits and put the candle in that, and then you come back out here and you sing my song, okay? <laughs> <laughs> like an old Listen, man. Dear God. <laughs> What Birthday a disaster. Cheddar biscuits is literally the greatest I mean, thing ever in life. Literally. And I just feel like on his birthday, I have to go to Red Lobster to have some cheddar baby biscuits. You must. Every year. That's just like the ritual. That's what we do. Uh, and it's just like, I think, thinking, speaking of like the ways that he protected me, mm-hmm. he had mm-hmm. a sixth sense about my friends or people who called themselves my friends. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know how you in high school or undergrad, you know, when you're younger, sometimes you just link up with girls for proximity mm-hmm. sake, right? These people are just around you and, you know, y'all have similar schedules, similar interests, those kinds of things. And you just by virtue of being together all the time, you end up like, those are my friends. And my brother had an uncanny capacity to know when you know he could just look at like he he would observe for a little while and he would always come to the room because he always walking around her house with no clothes on just like, <laughs> like some shorts and he would be eating or he would have a towel around his neck and he would just be casually mind his business and he would just you know walk in saying anything I'm about to do this I'm about to do that and he would be about to leave the room he'd be like you know what that little girl uh that little girl you was with uh last night I'm like yeah you talk about so and so yeah 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 that's not your friend. that's not your friend that's not your friend she's not your friend I don't trust her Mm. I want you to stay away from her like see like what you mean like like Brian we 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 go to school together like we live we live together I don't care 
And that's they, not and, they, and they always probably always showed their ass later. I mean, eventually, Every right? Time. It was always a, it was it was just a matter of time. And then I had to go back to him and say, you know, oh, guess what? He'd be like, I told you, I told you three years ago. That wasn't your friend. <laughs> you don't listen. You know the Good. the beautiful thing about siblings is. They're your first friends. They're your built-in friends. They're your built-in enemies. <laughs> but they're your built-in friends. And, right. you know, I just, I really just thought, you know, being able to have a time, a moment like this where we can just kind of reflect for a little bit. You can just think about Brian and his old man-ass personality. Yeah, man. As your protector, as he continues to be your protector, just with you, like, I've, it's just cathartic sometimes to, it's, same thing at like black funerals. That's one thing I do love about black funerals is that after we've all grieved and mourned and we continue to grieve and mourn at those repasses, that's when you get together and you tell yeah. all the stories about it's the person celebration. who's passed. It's, it's a, a celebration. celebration of life. And uh, my brother literally um, just one of the most impactful people for him to be, to only live to the age of 33 and uh, 34, sorry. Mm-hmm. And um, just for him to be the, to literally the, one of the most impactful people, most impactful people I've ever witnessed. He didn't talk a lot, but he was one of those kind of people that when he said something, everybody listened. And um, just just a stand-up dope dude. And I'm just honored to, to, to have had a brother like that. Mm-hmm. And, you know... I think this is very much a part of the grieving process. We get letters and emails and tweets and stuff. Other people out there who've lost a sibling and it's not fair, right? Mm-hmm. Cause you, you know, you grow up with your sibling and, and you're supposed to think you, you think you're going to do life with this person for the rest of your life. Like mm-hmm. that's really been the most challenging part <laughs> of my grief process is that I'm not just grieving the fact that Brian isn't here. I'm grieving the fact that if I have a child, my child won't know him. Mm-hmm. And I'm grieving the fact that if I get married, my husband won't know him. Those kinds of things. So like, I think, but, but that being said, having these kinds of conversations is what keeps the memory, his memory alive. Mm-hmm, and exactly. it is in just being able to have this conversation on the show means that this will continue to live on mm-hmm. in posterity. And anybody who's listening to this will know that, you know, death is a part of life and there's a lesson in it. And what I've taken from losing my brother is it's our job to love on purpose and don't take any moment for granted. Mm-hmm. I'm grateful that me and my brother were close. And that after a certain age, after we grew out of, you know, arguing over immature things, like we didn't fuss, we didn't fight. We had a connection and I'm grateful to have had that. Cause you know, you hear all the time people falling out with their siblings. They don't speak for years or months and those kinds of things. And that really hurts my heart because like you said, it's like siblings are the friends that God gives you first. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's like, this is what a friend means. Like, yep. And I'm just grateful. My brother was my best friend and he still is. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm, I appreciate, I appreciate the opportunity to talk about him. And my my heart, if you have a sibling, cherish them. 
don't let anything come between you and your sibling, even a difference of opinion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, sharing sharing that upbringing, that bloodline, that connection. It's not something that should be taken for granted. So if you can do it, everything, do everything within your power to love your siblings as best you can and honor them. Uh, not just on National Siblings Day, but every day. I know I, I, I could do better with that. Like I, <clears throat> me and my sister have an interesting relationship. It's, mm-hmm. We're very similar, but we're very different. And um, we have a lot of, um, we have, we, we have a lot of difference of opinions when it comes to certain things that I think sometimes takes a toll. But we had a really nice conversation the last time we saw each other when I went to go visit them in New Orleans. And, and, and I find that just the love that I have for my sister is just a different kind of love. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Even mm-hmm. the extension of her, like, I have nieces and I have nephews and I love them, you know, like <clears throat> through friends, because my friends are my are my siblings as well. Key is my sister. She is like my mm-hmm. sister's sister. Um, but. Something about like the first time I held my niece, my sister's daughter, was just different. It w- and I just kept looking at her and it was almost like I was holding Noah. Not because they look anything alike, because both of them look like their fathers. <laughs> when I, if you all think Noah, people tell me Noah looks like me. If you see my niece, she don't look nothing like my <laughs> sister. Nothing. <laughs> but um, oh, just holding her and looking in her face. It was, yeah. I, I just, I, I had to embrace her for a second. I was like, this is like my own, you know what I'm saying? And so Kia's right. Like we have to do, if you're, if you're like myself, you know, and I look at, it's so funny. Cause you say you look at people with strained relationships and you're, and you know, you're like, get it together and you're sad for them sometimes. And I, and me and my sister are not strained to the point where we don't talk like, yeah. you know, but there will be times where we don't talk as often as we probably should, especially as each other's only sisters. And I look at relationships like yours and Brian's and it's something to aspire to, actually. It's something that I look at mm-hmm. as an example, like, you know what? Let me put some of this away to the side because I only have one <coughs> sibling and she's important to me. And I want to make sure that I tell her she's important to me while I can. Yeah. So but I just thought it would be nice for us to just kind of talk, just talk a little bit about our our siblings and for you to be able to talk about Brian today. I thought it would be just kind of be a nice cathartic way to like get through something that I know can be difficult. Yeah. I appreciate that. And, uh, you know, Brian will live on forever. I'm trying to continue to do the great work that he was doing. And, um, you know, I'm proud of, of you and I've seen the growth in your relationship with Paige and, um, I think that the level of maturity that it takes, you know, when you say things like, you know, you have to put your differences aside Mm -hmm. and, um, you know, the connection never, never, never fades. Right. Mm -mm. And that's what kind of helps me. You know what I'm saying? Like the connection never, ever fades. Mm -mm. I don't care how long, how distant the, the extent to which there's been betrayal anything when you hear something has happened to your sibling there's something in your body that something in your body that shifts Mm -hmm. the night the day that brian passed away i didn't even know it 
But I spoke to my mother that day and and both of us said, you know, I don't feel well. Literally. Mm. Literally. I kid you not, I'm not even trying to be extra or deep. I I had to sing. It was a Saturday. I had to sing that Sunday morning. You know, I had to get up early when I had Mm -hmm. to sing. That night, I slept maybe for about 45 minutes. I slipped and turned and tossed all over this bed. And at one point, I remember laying on my back and was like, well, what in the world? Because I was like not, Mm -hmm. I couldn't put my finger on it, but I felt something was not right. And if you remember, this was literally like, I lost Brian four days before I was supposed to defend my dissertation. Mm -hmm. So I was thinking maybe I was nervous. I'm thinking like I was just so filled with anxiety. But my mom said the same thing happened for her. And all day long, I'm thinking, I'm thinking, man, I'm really carrying this dissertation defense in my spirit. I got to like, let it go. I got to trust that it's going to be okay. But literally I felt in my body that something was wrong and I could not. So I said that to say, even if, you know, no matter what, like that connection is not something that we can deny. Mm. Um, So even, even through all the difference in opinion, even through, uh, even times when they've, you've been hurt or betrayed or mm-hmm. lied on or mistreated. Your sibling is your sibling. Like that's not, I mean, we casually use, oh, that's bro, bro, sis, but something about that. Yeah. And it's, you know, you know and also another thing too, for, for people like you and me, where, you know, Brian was a good person. And although mm-hmm. you had your like, childlike differences yeah you know that cause tiffs and arguments and fights and whatnot and same for me and Paige um there's a there are people like my father where my uncle has been on drugs for probably yeah. the last he's been on he's been on drugs for probably at least the last around 35 years or whatever maybe 40 yeah. years and he's always been like a troubled kid before that like he was just like a troubled person and so my father never And it's crazy because every time he would get clean, my dad would employ him. My dad Mm -hmm. would hire him to work for his company and come work with me. Like, I'll give you work. I got jobs for you to do. And some kind of way, some kind of way, this nigga would still manage to fuck up. You know what I'm saying? Steal from my dad. He loses his temper. He's always had a crazy temper, loses temper. He'll steal. He steals quite often because he's a crackhead and that's just what they do. Mm hmm. Don't nobody try to come for me for no PC crack talk either, because I don't want to hear it. <laughs> Jesus, like I've, de- I've dealt with enough crack in you my life. So you out this joint. I sure am. Like, don't you come know, to Greg me with Mathis no PC will crack call you talk. A crackhead. He will call you a crackhead to your face <laughs> yeah. and be unmoved. Same. I remember I went to my grandmother's house and I had one of them. You know them, um, them two pronged forks that you stick with the turkeys when you cutting them. Yes, I put one like right big- on right on my lap, and they were like, "What's that for?" I was like, "Just in case that nigga tries to touch my purse." I'm not playing no games with you in this in this in this rock but (laughs) um, I say all that to say like my dad you know my dad him and his brother are totally different opposite ends of the spectrum and he's tried everything in his power and in his heart to try to be a good sibling to him and Mm -hmm. it comes to a point sometimes when you have to protect yourself and so when you're not in those circumstances when you don't have extreme circumstances like that you know, where a family member is not putting you in harm or putting your family in harm or or something like that, then it's best for us to just kind of try to figure it out and love up on each other because there's there are people who don't have opportunities to do so. 
Absolutely. So I, I just thought, you know, it's, I don't know what kind of relationships that we all have with our siblings, but I, I know they vary and it's a wide spectrum. But I guess ultimately, I, you know, we just need to make sure that we try to establish some kind of connection with one another. And it's got to start with our bloodline. Yeah, totally. So. And I mean, yeah, absolutely. I'm just going to leave it right there. But um, unless they steal from you. <laughs> no that's real I, I'm glad you said that though because there are situations where it's a matter of like not being safe or oh, yeah. doing things to protect yourself and your livelihood I'm not telling you to of course. put yourself in any compromising position I'm just saying that um, life is short mm-hmm. and when we are able to um, when we are able to find ways to, when we're able to love our loved ones when we in the best way we can because sometimes it's from a distance right yeah but I'm just saying as far as like however you whatever you have in your heart whatever whatever you need to do to find peace about your relationship with your sibling if it is strained or estranged or anything like that mm-hmm. um I would just encourage you to do that because the time will come or may come um if something were to happen you just want to make sure that your heart is is in the right place. And I'm grateful. Mm-hmm. I'm grateful that, you know, when the Lord took my brother out of here, there was no issue. And, and he was clear mm-hmm. that he was, he was my person and I was his. And I'm grateful for that. I love that. I yeah, love man. that. And I think that's a beautiful way for us to end the kitchen table talk. Um. And feel free to share some of your sibling stories with us, whether it be on Twitter or Facebook or Instagram, which I know we're not very active on. Oh, <laughs> we're going to be better. Or the Facebook. We're going to get better with both of them. But we share your stories with us. And always the email, gettinggrownpodcast at gmail.com. Yeah, man. We can't wait to hear from you. Yeah. Let's move on to the honesty box. Kanye voice. Dating is hard, honey. I mean, we all know that I know that, but Luvu makes it easy. Luvu is the best dating app there is. In fact, it just won the user's choice award for best dating app from Google Play. Ooh. Not too many, not too many people love dating apps, but people love Luvu, and it's no secret why because it actually works. No endless browsing through people who aren't serious. If you just want to hook up. Luvu isn't for you. Mm. Luvu is for relationships, daughter. It's for something a little bit more serious, but it's also seriously fun. Luvu makes it easy to break the ice and meet that special someone. So if you're tired of mindless swiping, then go to Luvu. That's L-O-V-O-O. Luvu. Download it now on iPhone or Android, and you get one week free of Luvu premium membership by using the voucher. Get love now that's code get love now get the dating app of the year with one week free with the code get love now that's get love now for one week free on luvu premium get the luvu app right now on iphone or android and meet that special someone today girl luvu 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 (laughs) (laughs) oh gosh honestly truly so our honesty box this week is a is a little heavier um, and out of respect for the listener, I'm going to a omit her name and also um, some of the details, but let's we can go ahead and get into it. It's I think it's very appropriate with the um, the conversation for today. <clears throat> OK, so it says, hey, junior aunties. Hey, I'm writing this with a heavy heart. 
um, my baby brother, um, who was 16, ended his life last night. Oh, Jesus. I'm in this haze where it's unreal. Uh, I'm in San Antonio, Texas, and my family's in Colorado Springs, so I feel like it won't be real until I'm home. My baby was everything a young black man could be, and I'm lost. He was going to do great things. I used to tell him he'd grow up and be like Carlton Banks, marry a beautiful black corny queen and have a bunch of beautiful <laughs> black corny babies. I was excited for his future, and now I'm struggling with my spiritual side. I'm so angry with God. I don't want to live in a world without him. I should add that I suffer from depression, so I'm reaching out to my therapist. Kia, do you have any advice for me? Jade, please be my prayer warrior. My family is struggling right now. I love the show and I love y'all. I wish this was a different letter. I had a huge list of petty peeves, but none of that matters now. Your show gets me through a lot and I appreciate you both. All of the love. <clears throat> All of the love to you, sis. Yeah, man. All of it right now. All of it. Um, I am very sorry. Please go. Okay, you go ahead, sis, because this is more your lane. Um, I'm incredibly sorry to hear about this. Mm -hmm. Um, I can't even say that I know what you're going through, even given what I've experienced. Um, to your to your specific question about being angry with God, I think that those are valid emotions. And um, I commend you for reaching out to your therapist and doing what you need to do for your own emotional health and well-being, mm -hmm. um, because that that is priority, especially given the gravity of, of this circumstance. Um, I think and I hope I don't get in trouble for saying this. I think that God can handle you being angry. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to tell you not to be mad. I think you have a right to be mad. Um, I think you ought to let yourself have whatever emotion comes naturally to you. Um, and it's okay if in your relationship with God, you talk to him. I think his expectation is for you to be honest because he can't operate. He can't move. He can't respond unless you are transparent and tell the truth. He can't help you not be angry if you don't admit that you're angry. Um, and I don't think that he would expect you not to be angry. So when I say I think that God can handle it, I would just say as you are working with your therapist and even on the spiritual side of things, I think um, prayer and communication with God takes different forms. When Brian, when Brian passed, there were days I couldn't pray. I ain't know what to say. So I didn't. <laughs> and I felt like in those moments, there were different activities, different things to that I did or didn't do. Um, you know, but that where I was able to start to feel God's presence and in his presence was where I found what I needed to get me through that time. So mm -hmm. it, it, you know, and I'm talking little stupid things. Like I went to the Dollar Tree. So I like live with my mom, like the month after my brother passed, I went to Nashville and stayed with her for like four to six weeks, I think. Mm -hmm. And, um, I went to the Dollar Tree and I bought puzzles and coloring books and me and my mother would sit at the kitchen table and I would color. <laughs> and it felt like the dumbest thing in the world, but 
just that activity was just like something that I, that I could do to kind of slow my mind down. And it was through that activity that I was able to start to find the words and the ways to talk to God again. Cause I, I stopped speaking to him cause I was hurt. I was devastated. I was angry. I was scared. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm not sharing any of this to suggest that you do or don't do anything. I'm sharing this to say that whatever it is that you feel like you need to do that is safe um, for you and for others, I think it's completely warranted for you to do that Um, because you will, you just have to just let these feelings be what they are. Now is not the time to put any undue stress or strain or pressure on yourself to do or be anything. You have to sit in the trauma of what has happened to you. Cause if you don't, you won't be able to process it and find ways to move forward. Mm. So mm. let your heart break. Um, and God, God knows how you feel. There's no use in hiding it from him. Be honest about your heartbreak with him. And when you can and when you're able, ask him to help you to learn and and go about the process of mending it. Mm -hmm. And it's going to take time. And I'm telling you that because I'm still suffering. My heart is still broken Mm -hmm. and I don't know when it won't be. And working with my therapist, I've learned that that's okay. Mm -hmm. Because me still being heartbroken is a testament to the kind of love that me and Brian had. I'm not supposed to be okay. Me being yeah. okay would be like disrespectful. Right. A little bit. At least that's how I see it. Cause I only had one brother and I still can't imagine like, what is this? 36 years old and my brother's not here. What is that? Like, that's that's the craziest thing I've ever heard. On top of the type of person he was, because I, I, when I tell you, as a person who didn't know Brian, actually, I just knew Brian through Kia. Mm-hmm. If you didn't know Brian and you attended his memorial service, you knew him after that. And it mm-hmm. wasn't one of those memorial services where, you know, people just feel like they got to say something nice. Like you could tell the type of dude he was by the response of how people spoke about him and respected him as a person. <clears throat> so absolutely, you're still as much his big sister now as you've ever been. Yep. And whatever that means for you, like you don't have to compromise or trade that in. Like, you're still his sister and you're doing the job of a big sister. And you know how we are about our little brothers. <laughs> so you still, you, you will learn how to navigate this space, um, this loss, mm-hmm. your emotions around this loss in time. But 
now is not the time for you to worry about um, God's feelings, right? Like, don't be a, like, I'm mad at God. God can handle that. He's not, he's not going to throw you away because you're mad at him. It's okay for you to be mad at him. As long as you acknowledge that, then you can work toward, you know, learning and talking to him again. You can get there. Now's not the time for you to worry about that. Nope. God's more worried about you. So I'm going to be praying for you. Same. Like real, real in real life. I'm not just saying that mm-hmm. when I say that to people, I'm not just saying it. Like, mm-hmm. I'm going to be praying for you. This is, this is a hard thing that you have to face, but um, you're not in it by yourself. So do what you need. Be kind to yourself. Um, be easy on yourself. Be easy on yourself and show up for your brother. Mm-hmm. This is what we do. We show up for our brothers, no matter the circumstance. So you show up for your brother. Take your time as you need it. And and like he said, show up for him. Show up for him. You can do it. But take your time and, and grieve how you need to grieve. Absolutely. Like, don't put pressure on yourself to feel like you have to grieve in a certain way. And I haven't lost my sibling. I've lost close people to me, but I've not lost my sibling. So I can't speak from that vantage point. But I can say that, you know, you're already in a very fragile state. And so to put additional stress on yourself, like as a person who has a hard time grieving and like figuring out how to grieve, if that makes any sense. Like sometimes I'm hard on myself for grieving. It just adds more stress. And you already have that natural, that you already have a natural stress there already because of the situation and the circumstances. So allow yourself to do what you need to do. Let it out of your, let, let it out. If you need to sit there and you need to wail, if you need to bawl, if you need to punch something, like do what you need to do to let it out so that you can let it out. Because when it's bottled up, that's what that's what makes it worse. My grief counselor said when I lost my brother that um, she asked me, she was like, if you were in an accident and you lost a limb, let's say you lost your foot. Mm-hmm. You lost your foot on, you know, July 17th. Would you expect that by August 17th, you would be back at work? Nah, right? Would you expect that by December 17th, you would be able to run a marathon? You'd be back in the gym? Mm. Probably not. Mm. Um, We'd be ready. You'd be training for a marathon six months after that. I mean, it's not likely. Um, So like, that's when you lose like a limb. That's like a piece of a body, but you lost a whole person. And just like if you lost a limb, you would have to learn how to walk again. Mm -hmm. You have to learn how to live again. And that's going to take time. It takes time to heal. There is no elevator to like, you know, being whole and healed from something like this. Um. And like I said, there is no right or wrong way to do it. 
and there is no pressure. I think we get sometimes feel like, well, for me, I've had to unlearn this transactional relationship with God. Like God is only going to show up for me if I do the following things, but that's not how God's work. God's work. God works. That's not how his love works. Mm -hmm. Um, So I say that to say, if you believe in God, you can be mad with him. That doesn't mean that your relationship is severed. You're not going to cancel you. You're not canceled. (laughs) You can be mad with him. You can curse him out. And just like that raggedy nigga, he going to be coming right back. You know what I'm saying? Because he loves you. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, because he loves you. So you can't out, you can't, there's nothing you can do. So I, that's why I say it's completely warranted and safe and valid for you to be pissed right now. It's okay. And he can handle that. So I say for me, when I, when I, when I really got that in my, in my spirit, I was able to just go to God and ask the hard question. Why my brother? Mm-hmm. It's so many raggedy useless niggas <laughs> out here. Why my brother? And that's real. But and then it's taking time for me to get to the point place where I was able to gain perspective. And I'm not saying I know why, but I've been able to slowly move forward. I I don't have all the answers. And like I said, I'm still heartbroken, Mm -hmm. but I've been able to move forward through the range of emotions that has come since my brother's passing. And I believe that if you, I, I believe that you can have that too. There's no, that's no, no conditions on that. You too will learn eventually to move forward, but you have to acknowledge every step of the process. And if this step of the process is you being pissed right now, be pissed. That's what I say. I agree. Be pissed. God can handle your pissedivity. I promise. <laughs> One of my favorite words. <laughs> but you're truly, truly, truly in, 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 in our prayers. Um, I, you know, I, I feel like I've I've been praying more for other people lately and it feels nice. That's dope. You know what I'm saying? Man, like that's dope. because I know we all going through it, but it's like I feel like there's such a lack of empathy in this world. And, you know, I, I wanna make sure that that humanity is not lost on anything that I can I can have control over. So I'm truly keeping your you and your family in my prayers. Absolutely. Um, and like he has said, allow yourself to feel all of your emotions. Allow yourself to grieve how you need to, because that is a limb. It's losing a limb. And you can't, you know, it's hard to to function normally with a with a limb loss. Absolutely. You so, won't function the same ever again. <laughs> so don't be hard on yourself. Don't be hard don't. on yourself than necessary. Love you, sis. Absolutely. All the love to you. Let's move on to the petty peeves. Onky zonk. And I want to be very responsible of the things I say to my sister. Because everybody know I can be real petty. P-E to the T-T-Y, honey. All right. So we are down to one of our favorite segments. And you all, oh too, the petty peeves. Ready oh to yes. put our petty on parade. And, you know, in the, um, in the spirit... Of siblinghood and, you know, community and togetherness and, you know, TTG and all of those things. <laughs> I'm a, we have a collective petty peeve. 
that I would like to start off with. Okay. So I'm not going to list any business, name any businesses or any people, but I will tell you <laughs> if you have a business and you claim to be able to do extraordinary things with those, I'm sorry, you know what? No, not even extraordinary things. If your business is to deliver a particular item, my God. You should be able to deliver that item with no problem. And the last thing I want to hear from you are all of your capabilities and what comes so easy to you and how you're able to do this one, deliver this one item with both of your thumbs behind your back and whatever else. And then you come through and you are a complete fuck up. That's not okay. When you are taking people's money and time and also partnering with them for things that they're doing your fuck-ups affect other people so if you can't deliver something then please have the humility to say that you cannot deliver it because it would be much better than you coming and showing up and turning things into a fucking shit show um i think if i could add to that mm -hmm. um probably way more eloquently no there's just there's <laughs> just uh i can i can handle i don't like when people make decisions for me mm -hmm. and i think when you are not truthful and when you choose not to communicate when we have an agreement then you're making a decision for me. You're not upholding, you know, the, the integrity of our initial agreement is compromised because you have taken some of my power away. You've, you've taken away my power to choose uh, what I would prefer, what the best option would be because I'm going based upon what you've agreed to do. And if you fail to uphold your end of the agreement, mm. then I, you've left me <laughs> out here unable to fend for my, to fend for and defend myself mm -hmm. um so what what bothers me about it especially in terms of like business practice is the lack of communication mm. i would much rather if like you were saying jay if if it comes down to it and for whatever reason you are unable to do what we initially agreed all i'm asking is that you communicate that mm -hmm. don't have me out here looking stupid that's literally a deal breaker. I promise you, if I get married, that's going to be in my wedding vows. I swear <laughs> to God. Don't have me, me out here, here looking stupid. Because we going into partnership together. That means I trust that you're not going to have me out here looking stupid. So I, I just, <laughs> just. Don't have me out here looking mm -hmm. stupid. If something's gone wrong, if something unexpected has come up, if there was something, you know, that was unforeseen or, you know, you something happened. Mm -hmm. I can respond to that if I know it, mm. but don't make a promise and then show up with half the promise or a third of the promise. And then, you know, trying to pass it off as the whole thing. Like, don't do that. Don't because then you have me out here looking stupid. And then then, you know, 
you've broken our covenant. <laughs> like this is like I need you to be real to Cisco about your shit. Like this is what I'm never saying. Make never a make a promise that you can't keep. Let and if I you feel like you on your way to not keeping it, just mm. give me a heads up. Ooh. That's all I'm asking. Let me tell you something. There is like it kind of falls in line with the same thing of I'd rather you tell me the ugly truth than a pretty lie. Don't yeah. like not communicate with me and then not pick up the phone when I'm communicating with you. Yeah. And just fall off the face of the earth and then show up like everything's all good and then create a shit show. Like, don't do that. Don't tell people you can deliver things that you can't. There are plenty of professionals out there who hand jobs over to other people based off of the fact. Or ask for help. But they do that. I can partner with you and we can figure it out if you just Mm. say something happened, I need help. But if you don't say anything, my expectation is that you're doing everything that you said you were going to do. Now you got me out here and I'm holding the bag. Literally. And that's not okay. It's not. And so, you know, I'm, we're not we're not going to go into again. We're not naming any names and those who know know what it is. But um, if you happen to be the person who this is about, <laughs> and you hear this. Oh no! And you don't like it. And you want to <laughs> have a conversation? <laughs> Getting grown podcast at gmail dot oh, is open. You need to listen because I too would love to have a conversation. And figure out what the fuck you was thinking about. Because it just, because I, like, I know math and none of that shit added up. I mean, (laughs) it is what it is. Everything that was supposed to happen did happen. Absolutely. And it was all good either way. Lessons are learned. People in lessons are learned. And ultimately, like things are going to all. Yes, we're going to grow and move forward and be better going forward. But I hope that this was a lesson learned on all parties involved. Say, oh, everyone's alive. You know, we're entitled. We're entitled. Everyone has their process. We all we we live, we learn. And you know what? I'm not even going to take this. You know what I'm saying? It's not like, it's no major beef. I'm not out here no, holding no grudges. You know, the stuff. Lord, you know, the Lord doesn't bless you when you hold a grudge, but I'm, I'm not, I'm not, but just for the good of the order, yeah. generally speaking, mm-hmm. don't have me out here mm-hmm. looking stupid. Please. Mm-hmm. I ask you, because if I'm in partnership with you, I'm going to do my best to ensure that you're not out here looking stupid. Mm. And I'm just asking that you would do me the same solid. Mm. That's all. I'm putting my name, my resources, my brand, my reputation, my integrity, all of that is on the line. And I'm I'm asking you and going into partnership with you with those things considered. So I'm asking that you not have me out here looking stupid. That's all. That's it. If you do, just, you know, just Kia, Kia is so respectable and she's eloquent <laughs> and she's ladylike and she's oh my goodness. like she said, it's her brand and it's her name and it's all of these things attached to it that are going to make her, you know, act accordingly. This is not my brand. My God. Nor is it my name. 
and I just came here to fight. No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> it's so not crazy. I'm, done. I'm just playing. But what I did come here to do is put my lotion on my body and mind my, my business and moisturize my skin. <laughs> Don't ever forget to drink your water, honey, because it's springtime now and the water weather is getting warmer. Um, so we must stay moisturized. Mm. Why, because our black will crack if it's dry or lying. Bye. <laughs> Good night. Good, Good day. Good morning. Good <laughs> Bye, y'all.